Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 378, Normalizing Keto and Ways to Boost Your Ketone Levels. We are just one week into our 12-week food as medicine ketosis program at this point, and we wanted to just take a moment to educate you all on how keto is not a fad diet, is not extreme. It's actually how we were metabolically wired. We just have been maybe overexposed to refined carbs, which have robbed our body's access to this amazing and anti-inflammatory fuel source. Yes. I mean, that's the gist of today's conversation, really. We're going to talk about ways to also enhance your ketone production if maybe you're keto curious and you want to see what ketone production feels like. And uh, we are also going to talk about once you're empowered with the why keto is amazing, we're also going to talk about you know the mechanisms that might be resistant of why you're maybe not having success or producing ketones in the first place. And I will say with our current program, we are just leading into class two this week. And we have seen many of the newbies have been long-term podcast listeners. So I'm talking to you out there listening, walking around your neighborhood or whatever you're doing. This is that aha last call for you to grab your spot. Um, Just after class one, we've already received a lot of praise from, again, I've been listening to the podcast three to four years, and this is the first time I've taken a leap beyond purchasing your supplements. And I can't tell you how excited that I am Um, and really taking the time to put together the learnings that you've gained from us over the years and making an action plan and having a timely approach to it that is a continuum to actually yield clinical outcomes. If you guys dig how we do things, you're going to see extreme benefit in this program and I can't wait to have you join. So this is the, not last call, we'll we'll technically let you in through the 20th of January, but we're getting there. And if you're considering it, you might as well join us now so that you can join in the live week two. This is the first time that we're doing 12 consecutive weeks. So we're doing every other week as more of a deep dive functional medicine topic. And then the opposing week as more of an open forum, ask Allie anything, troubleshoot your results, talk about favorite products, recipes, et cetera. Uh, So it's going to be a really great balance of application and tangible lifestyle change, things that you'll feel confident in, in your checking off of your boxes, if you will, of starting to move the dial towards sustainable results of feeling amazing in your body. Yes, I think those Q&As are going to prove really, really beneficial in terms of dialing in, oh, I calculated my macros like this, but it's been two weeks, nothing's moving. We're gonna right then live help you to troubleshoot and adjust or, oh, you know, my cholesterol all of a sudden has shot up halfway through the program. We're going to put your mind at ease and tell you how you can tweak your supplementation to support your liver and maybe reduce your fat a little bit. Um, So I think that level of hand-holding is worth the cost of the program alone, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And the 
program costs less than, you know, one of our functional medicine labs, which you also get discounts on, by mm-hmm. the way, um, with the purchase of the program. And it certainly costs less than working with us for even like one and a half a sessions. Single yeah, session. a single session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely this is the time to jump in for just $399 access to all 12 weeks of materials, direct uh, engagement with Becky and myself through those lives and through our Slack, which is a non-social media forum. So you don't have to be scroll holing on your phone. You can just engage on our forum, which has troubleshooting elements. It has food inspiration pages, and it even has a functional medicine and supplement area. So if you're looking to take your health next level, this is the call to action. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Grab your spot in our January live food as medicine 12-week keto program. All right, before we jump into all of today's goodness, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Carnivore Snacks. Yes, Carnivore Snacks are a perfect sponsor for individuals that are keto curious or looking to stay fat adapted because they provide just two ingredients of deliciousness, uh, pasture-raised or grass-fed meats with Redmond Real Salt. And the way that they slowly dehydrate the meat makes this amazing light, almost meat pastry, if you will, as a texture. My seven and a half year old Stella loves them. Uh, even Becky's toddler and one year old loves chewing on them. We've had Mabel teething on carnivore oh, yeah. snacks yep. uh, many a time when we're getting stuff done. And we know that the importance of meeting your protein goal becomes even more important once you reach that age of 35 plus and our body is actually setting towards muscle breakdown. Having convenient protein-rich snacks is a really powerful way to ensure you get best metabolic outcomes and carnivore snacks are shelf-stable and provide you a biological source of protein. And what's more is in this light package, you're going to get a lot more protein uh, per ounce by weight because they're removing all of that water weight. And so we're going to see actually like 13 to 19 grams of protein per ounce of the carnivore snack, whereas a general ounce of protein is seven grams. Uh, So be mindful of that. This is a really great way to support meeting your protein needs and keeping your palate savory um, and choosing quality whole foods. So go on over to Carnivore Snacks with an X. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-E-S-N-A-X.com. Use Allie Miller RD. You will save 15% off your order and free shipping if your order is 125 or more. Yes, they have gotten me through some tough times of delays at the airport oh, recently, um, long drives in the car, unexpected travel, and so much more. And being able to stay like grounded and fueled on ketones and eating my protein while mm-hmm. navigating stressors and whatnot. Yes, awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have covered the benefits of ketosis in like so many episodes at this yes. point. Um, but every time, you know, we do a round of our keto program, we have our participants identify their why in that like first 15 minutes, probably mm-hmm. of the first class. Um, and I think this is so important to connect the dots of why you're doing something because that really connects you to the outcomes and the results and is going to help with the motivation yes. in you know tough times and whatnot. Um, but let's just cover some of the reasons and why listeners might want to consider exploring keto. So the first reason, which we'll dig into a little bit further in today's episode, is that 
it's returning back to your body's natural design. (laughs) So if you feel like your metabolism is quote unquote broken, it may be quote unquote broken or your metabolism might be handicapped based on exposure of mismanaged macros or an excessive amount of refined carbohydrates or chemical enhanced ingredients made by food scientists to create addictive tendencies and disrupt your hunger and satiety signals. When you go food as medicine keto with our approach, you're going to rewrite in your brain and your body what satiation feels like, what hunger feels like, and also teach your body to use fat as fuel in addition to glucose. This will make you less prone towards body fat storage And when using your macros correctly and staying in a state of caloric deficit, you actually have enhanced lipolysis. Uh, So a mechanism and process that occurs with nutritional ketosis in a caloric restrictive state that does not occur without the presence of ketones. And I think that's something worth discussing as well. The idea that this is the only diet that has a biochemical output that is measurable in the urine, the blood, and the breath. So your body is actually producing something and the magic of ketones are robust, which unpacks the rest of the whys, I guess. Hey? Right. <laughs> and and it's something you can measure and track versus other diets. Yes, you might track your weight and maybe, you know, if you're just going low calorie in general, eventually we see some reduction of, you know, lipids and, and whatnot or a favorable influence on, on A1C. But sure. this you can measure like on a daily basis. Yes. You know, it's something you're making and that's really cool. And it helps with accountability mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times, you know, like we've talked about a CGM, which is a continuous continuous glucose monitor is absolutely like nonstop accountability, but even just having that daily urine measurement of your ketones is an added accountability of otherwise fudging your intake, you know, maybe not recording totally. something. Yep. Um, again, your body's going to keep score. Yep. And if you're not making ketones, that helps us support you in our program of troubleshooting what's going on and where is that metabolic handicap. And we'll uncover some of those reasons in today's episode. So beyond just like getting the production of ketones and getting back to this natural hybrid machine of the body of using fat as fuel and glucose as fuel, um, we're going to see anti-inflammatory effects of ketones. So we know that ketones reduce oxidative stress throughout the body. And we know that ketones are anti-inflammatory and there's a lot of research on cognitive enhancement. We have many nurse practitioners, MDs, and other healthcare practitioners currently in this round that have mentioned parents with dementia three um, specifically are coming to mind that Mm -hmm. have mentioned parents that have passed away with dementia and they're doing our 12-week food as medicine keto class as a way to reduce the odds and really combat that cognitive decline and the influence that Alzheimer's or dementia can have on the brain because these healthcare providers understand that making ketones is going to reduce that huge risk factor. Totally. And then we also see, you know, within that brain space, more grounded mood and mental state we see ketones actually upregulating GABA and getting mm-hmm. us more into that parasympathetic rest and digest mode, which is why you wrote the anti-anxiety diet yeah. and the anti-anxiety diet cookbook to be based on a ketogenic diet. Yes. And you know, this program kind of brings all that to life because the same phases that I use in the anti-anxiety diet, if you've read it or listened to it, 
uh, on Audible that phase one, phase 1.5, and phase two are the same language, same phases that we use in our program, but this takes things next level again with this interactive exploration through these phases. And that's really one of our goals is using ketones in a way that you're getting the anti-inflammatory effects, you're getting the brain boost effect, you're getting that stress regulation, but you're also having enough food freedom, enough phytocompounds and antioxidants, good microbiome gut supportive fiber, and diversity in the diet, which makes it sustainable. Um, We see hormone regulation with keto. Um, We know that ketones cross the blood-brain barrier and they actually interact with the hypothalamus. And so we can see influence on the HPA axis or that regulatory system of our autonomic nervous system, whether we're in that sympathetic fight or flight mode or that parasympathetic mode. Um, Like Becky said, there's GABA effects as well, which are more grounding, but we see this hormonally influenced because based on that hypothalamic interaction of ketones, we see changes in the pituitary function and the pituitary gland is what makes our LH and our FSH or our luteinizing hormone and our follicular stimulating hormone. This means that we can see course correction in an imbalanced menstrual cycle. We can see more favorable ovulation and we can see a favorable impact also on leptin, which has interplay with not just satiety and body fat burn, but leptin also interplays with function of the thyroid gland and our ovaries. And so there's this huge hormonal regulation element. And we talked in a couple episodes back on the fertility cliff myth about how ketosis can be a goal of enhancing fertility outcomes as well. Um, And then we also see favorable impact on our leptin Mm -hmm. levels, which we've gone into detail um, in a few podcasts now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And most recently did one more on leptin resistance and kind of unpacking this, you know, unknown hormone, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's muscle sparing effects of ketosis, which are huge. And this is probably the most maybe popular, maybe after Mm -hmm. brain and cognition. And what this is really looking at is when we are producing ketones, the body, when in a caloric restrictive state, is less prone to waste from the muscle mass, more prone to go into that lipogenesis or that, excuse me, going into lysing the fat cells and actually breaking down um, our lipids. And that's a really great way to ensure that enhanced lipolysis, not lipogenesis, which is body body fat build, Mm -hmm. lipolysis enhancement, which means body fat burn. Um, And so that's unique. If you were at a 1,200 calorie keto or 1,200 calorie non-keto diet, you're going to see more muscle sparing effects. And that means that your metabolism, your basal metabolic rate maintains at a higher level. So there's less chance of that plateau or that weight gain following the weight loss. Yes. Um, We see enhanced cognitive function, which you already alluded to some of the mechanisms there. But I think I hear all the time, my brain just works better on keto. And I know Mm -hmm. I find that for myself too, um, when I'm getting a little mom brain or brain foggy, I'm like, let's dial in the the keto and bring back some of that high octane fuel and cognition is just so much clearer, thought process is clearer, et cetera. Right. Beyond reducing the oxidative stress, we also see that when the body's producing ketones, that there's increased mitochondriogenesis. So you're actually making more mitochondria or energy burning cells in your body. Um, And so that's what helps with that sustained energy and that quote unquote keto high. Um, And then of course that balanced with the fact that you're seeing less pain in the body, less aching, less inflammation, just helps you feel better in your body. Yes. Um, And we'll put a visual in today's episode of um, a 
diagram, I guess, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, from a study showing some of the strong evidence in terms of diabetes, weight reduction, epilepsy. I don't know that we even mentioned that too much yet. Right. Um, Cardiovascular risk factors and even emerging um, evidence in terms of acne and skin conditions, probably, Mm -hmm. you know, in part reducing inflammation, but also helping to address dysbiosis, Mm -hmm. um, neurological disease, which we talked about PCOS, cancer, and so much more. Yes. So we always say, use your why as like your anchor. Like Becky said, when you're out in the real world and you're making daily choices, uh, it's really important that you're grounded with your why, because that's going to have you enjoy the changes and the relearning and the modifications and the pantry clean out that you're going to go through. Um, and then beyond knowing your why, I think of course, having the accountability and the support of an active program is going to further accelerate, of course, the outcomes. Totally. Like I'm doing this diet because my dietitian told me to is not a good why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm doing this diet so that I can be there for as long as possible, you know, to see my grandchildren grow up and live pain free and, mm-hmm. you know, not have dementia is a really good why. Right, right. Yeah. Getting off of a diabetic drug or sure. staying off of a diabetic drug, not becoming a diabetic are a great why. Um, like you said, less joint pain, maybe getting up and down off the floor with more ease. Um, and again, one of my favorite testimonials is just feeling like yourself again and just feeling more vibrant, more balanced off of that, having the freedom of being off of that blood sugar roller coaster of hangry and cravings and white knuckling of focus on weight loss. Yes. Um, And I think despite how popular keto has been and how in the mainstream it's been for a while now, there's still a lot of misinformation out there. In fact, I was sitting at the airport lounge and got to talking to someone about how he had tried keto and it was too hard. And then his doctor said it was really dangerous for his kidneys. And I was like, well, follow us on Instagram. We have a keto program that you should join. Um, and he was a really smart guy. He was a mechanical engineer, but like still got duped by, um, this misinformation out there. Um, and I think one of the big ones too is, you know, that this diet isn't sustainable, Mm -hmm. right. Or it's hard to stick to where it's not a forever kind of thing. Yes. And I think a lot of the people, you know, we haven't technically done the the population research, but we should on our program. But what we hear from y'all is that our approach is so much sustainable because a lot of the people that do keto, especially if they're doing dirty keto or they're using keto products, they're not redefining their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So I think if you aren't supported in looking at food differently in being empowered with understanding that there's not just a black and white yes or no keto food list, that you actually can understand what level of macros your body needs to be in as far as how many carbs do you need to stay under, how many grams of protein do you need as a minimum, and then what your level of fat is based on your metabolic or weight loss goal or maybe your level of leptin. Um, Once we take those considerations and we empower you to start to look at your plate and see the numbers, it's absolutely freeing because yes, you might start with a tracker, but you're not in the space blind. You're actually going to start in the real world, like at restaurants, looking at your plate and knowing exactly how many grams of protein is on there, how many grams of carbs and about where the fat mass would be. And this is going to be really helpful because you can't unsee it. <laughs> like, right. you know, you can, you can 
cancel a program, you can stop tracking on Weight Watchers, but when you actually are empowered with understanding what you're looking at on your plate and how you can modify the ingredients or the servings of the choices and you can be empowered by that freedom, that's huge. And the other element to it is we're keeping you savory and we're teaching your palate to recalibrate. And a lot of the keto foods out there are going to use non-caloric sweeteners, even if they're natural, like the allulose or the monk fruit or the stevia out there, as we've shared on past podcasts and why I hate non-caloric sweeteners. We can share a link to that one. Um, you know, we do keto different and we use only whole foods. So before we say, does it fit your macros? The first question is, is this a whole food? Um, and if it's not a whole food, it doesn't belong in the body or is it comprised of whole food ingredients? Like we just shared carnivore snacks are grass fed, you know, ribeye in the ribeye cut and Redmond real salt. Those are two real whole food ingredients. And when we're overexposed to these non-caloric sweeteners, our palate still feels like sweet is a safe flavor and we maintain that relationship of desiring and craving sweet. And that leads us to going for the real deal and falling off. It's like if you're eating keto baked goods or keto ice cream, then you're going to want a Sprinkles cupcake every time you walk mm -hmm. by Sprinkles drive through or whatever it is, right? Or when you take your kids for ice cream, you're white knuckling it. But when you actually recalibrate your palate to crave the juicy ribbon, and to crave asparagus with prosciutto, you start to salivate at different things. You start to feel a lot more sustained and you actually organically lose your cravings, which is amazing. Yes. Incredible. And, but wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> also, when you've been doing this for a while, you gain this, what we call metabolic flexibility mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe you do this program tight for the 12 weeks. You, you know, lose the weight you were looking to lose. You see some hormonal shift. And we actually tell you at that last class, it's time to try carb cycling. Here we go. How's, here's how you do it. And we're going to take it out, you know, into the real world. And it gains you this perspective of, I can always come back to yes. my rigid tight keto if I need to, but I can also start to, you know, go into a phase 1.5 or a phase two, depending on the season of life that we're in enjoy some of those things that maybe we used to eat like sweet potatoes and berries that were off the table for a small amount of time um, and have our body respond more favorably to them. No doubt. And then on the world of sustainability of regaining the weight, I think when your palate shifts, that helps for sure mm -hmm. because you're not falling off crazy and we're giving you a dial versus a cliff. So we're allowing you to trend in and out and adjust based on that metabolic flexibility. But then the muscle sparing effect, like I talked about earlier, makes sustainable results as well. Because again, if you're just losing weight with calorie restriction, your basal metabolic rate is going to drop more rapidly if you're not making ketones. And what that means is if you keep following, let's say a 1300 calorie diet, all of a sudden you start plateauing and regaining because you were burning 1550. Well, now you're only burning 1250 and now you're in a calorie abundance where it was once a restriction. And again, that would be in a scenario where you're not making ketones and you don't have the muscle sparing effect mm -hmm. because your muscle is what drives most metabolic activity. And for people that are doing body composition scans, it's so cool to see individuals actually lose like 12 pounds on the scale. Some might be water, yes, 
but about 80% of that is going to be fat. And we can actually see program participants gain lean body mass and burn more calories at the end of that weight loss, making more food freedom for higher caloric consumption while still retaining the successful outcomes. Yes. So, so much. And that's not all. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, So let's talk maybe about the myth that keto is not healthy or too acidic or can drive what's called ketoacidosis. And maybe that's what that doctor told your friend at the airport. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you hear about like the kidney concerns, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So ketoacidosis is a life-threatening condition that occurs in insulin-dependent diabetics or individuals who do not make insulin and or or ample levels of insulin and they go into an effective state of starvation because without that insulin injection their blood sugars go super high in a state of ketoacidosis their glucose levels are often going to be over 400 Um, and what happens is that the body starts to produce ketones in a high molecular level when we see a state of ketoacidosis this is going to be levels of 15 to 30 millimoles in the blood Um, And through carb restriction and nutritional ketosis, the highest level we can get to is like a three, Um, you know, maybe a four here or there if it's an extended fast, but the body literally cannot go into ketoacidosis unless this is an insulin dependent diabetic that is paired with glucose stress or excessive carb consumption or high survival like stress where the liver is just dumping out glucose. So I repeat again, huge difference. The therapeutic levels of ketones are absolutely safe. Even for a diabetic that is insulin dependent, they can still do a ketogenic diet. They just have to appropriately monitor their insulin. And now most insulin dependent diabetics have a CGM. And so they're live real time. They're pumping. They're using a pump versus injections. So often that's going to counter down as their blood sugar regulates. But again, It is a safe approach with a diet protocol, even for insulin-dependent diabetics. Ketoacidosis is appropriate, is only going to happen. Ketoacidosis is only going to happen in individuals that are mismanaged and have high glucose. You cannot have high glucose when you are strategically bringing down your carb levels like we are in nutritional ketosis. Okay. I think, I think that's all you have to say I think there. We got to right? shout it from the mountaintops, right? right? And I mean, I mean, physicians should acknowledge that we're right. seeing reductions in blood glucose levels. We're seeing reductions in A1C. We're seeing reductions in fasting insulin. We're seeing reversal of metabolic disease, um, reversal of fatty liver. Right. We just saw a huge in our right. September yeah, yeah. Um, program. And so, when we're monitoring labs, we see huge outcomes. And as we've also talked in the semi-glutide or ozempic episodes, which we can link in today's episode too. I think those are kind of relevant as well. A lot of doctors are prone to throw you a GLP-1 drug, mm-hmm. um, which have many side effects, including pancreatic cancer, including gallbladder issues, including stagnation in the digestive tract, depression, suicidal attempts, and so many other undesirable side effects. They're prone to prescribe you that medication, but maybe say, don't do a, a nutritional keto diet. So right. Yeah. Something's it's off. pretty wild, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, to be negotiated with your own doctor, whether you even tell them that you're doing this or you wait until all of your labs look beautiful and you've lost 20 pounds. And then when they ask you, you can be a testimony to hopefully bust this myth for good. Right. I love that. Yeah. You be the case study to make the change. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. And then I think the last one that I hear so often is that it's just too rigid or there's not enough variety. And I think we addressed this a little bit in that um, number one, but too rigid or not enough variety. What do you say to that? 
So, I mean, I would say take a gander at our 12-week keto meal mm-hmm. plans um, because they show you amazing variety. I mean, we go through the whole gamut of all of your protein choices. So, you know, if we're talking chicken, there is going to be chicken wings. There's going to be bone and skin on chicken thighs. There's going to be bone and skin on breast. There's going to be whole roasted chicken. There's going to be ground chicken in a lettuce cup. Um, we use various cuts of every protein. We use a variety of protein choices, which is super important um on that vein i've been working with some carnivores recently that are like low in tryptophan Mm -hmm. uh, because they're not eating poultry yeah interesting or fish Mm -hmm. um and so you know getting variety of protein of course is a huge foundation and we do that and we provide you with guidance on how to make fish taste good for instance like pan searing techniques food recipe support through our YouTube channel, of course. Um, And then we create a variety of phyto compounds. And like Becky said, because of that exploration of metabolic flexibility and us actually encouraging you to get out of that rigid keto box of yes and no foods, putting actual mashed banana into your muffins and playing with berries and portions of sweet potato that still keep you fat adapted, this takes that rigidity and that line of being on or off. You're actually only allowing the biochemical feedback of your body of, am I making ketones? Then yes, I can eat this. Um, So there's no such thing of that's not keto as far as a food choice. Um, You really get to be empowered by the metabolic impact of your flexibility based on your movement, based on how you're managing your stress levels and other factors that we empower you with, with the program. And like Becky said, we encourage you to go through the phases so that if you stumble, we can help you up and troubleshoot so that we don't have those falls. Yes. And I think, you know, for both of us who've been doing this for I don't know how many years now yeah. keto on and off I've been doing, right. but I, I've found enough variety to keep me going for yeah. sure. And I'm constantly exploring new recipes and getting inspired by food. And we love food more than most people, I would say. Yeah, I, I know. I'm like, we're foodies first, yes. dietitians yes. second. Yes. All right. So keto isn't a fad diet, like we said. Um, and we've argued that it's actually how the body is designed to function. And I think one thing to just circle back and hit on is how ketones are actually naturally going to be found in utero, meaning when a baby is growing, um, as well as in exclusively breastfed babies and their diet, remember, is just breast milk made from their mama Mm-hmm. the way God intended. <laughs> yes. So again, it's not, it's actually not foreign as a, a fuel mm-hmm. substrate or an energy substrate. I would argue that that means that the body was designed to be a hybrid machine to use glucose and ketones. And, um, you know, when we look at, when we start shifting away from this hybrid model is as early as baby's first foods. So when babies are given refined processed carbs in the form of oatmeal cereals and rice cereals and those rice teethers and all of the other, the um, squeeze pouches of applesauce, we're creating this lighter fluid blood sugar response out of the blue. um, And this is going to stress the body metabolically and not allow it to produce those ketones because of that frequency of carb Uh, in the bloodstream, which then breaks down into glucose. Uh, So I would argue that also when we look at the hunter-gatherer times, ancestral uh, models of eating, food was not 
available with consistent frequency. And so when we fast, anyone that fasts for, you know, sometimes even as easy as 16 hours, some people take 24 hours, but when we fast or we aren't consuming fuel, our body has to make ketones in the lack of carbohydrate in the diet and lack of overall fuel in the diet. Um, And so again, I, I believe that the body was designed or God designed the body to have access to these ketones so that we can literally survive. Yes. Um, And then beyond the survival necessity, you know, it makes it easier if you're stuck somewhere and there's nothing you can Mm -hmm. eat, if you can kind of turn in or or turn on or tap into intermittent fasting, if you're, you know, at the airport and there's literally nothing to eat and, you know, it's like Whataburger or nothing, right? You go for nothing and you tap into your own ketone production and you're good. But the way, you know, we fast and the way we keto is more therapeutic or medicinal than this survival mode. Yes, yes. Um, So let's just chat on what makes our food as medicine approach to keto different and unique. Okay. So I think one of the big ones is that we're just like with my approach of food as medicine, equally focused on abundance as we are restriction. (laughs) And so there's always going to be this double-edged sword of some things that you're going to eliminate from your diet and some things that we want you to achieve. So actually every other week we're providing you food as medicine abundance goals. So with week one, we really focus on mastering your two to three cups of leafy greens because these are one of the best volume sources at low calorie and low carb impact. And of course, if you listened to the episode on um, the benefits of greens and we went into athletic greens as a product comparison, you know that there's so many other influences on mito, um, our, our microbiome with leafy greens. We know that there are benefits with that lutein, antioxidant, and um, getting those two to three cups of greens is a first level goal of abundance. And then we also hit right away off the bat, um, getting your hydration up and adding salt daily as you're shifting on an electrolyte level. And we even throw in there, which we really should bump to week two, mastering what type of fast you're going to do. So we right away empower you on the difference of a pure fast, a fat-fueled fast, a protein-sparing fast, a bone broth fast, and various approaches based on your goals and what tract or protocol you fall into. Um, And so that's one thing that's super unique. Of course, the customized element, but this balance of abundance and restriction. And I think one of the biggest areas of restriction that sings in our keto class is in processed refined foods. It's by no means just focused on macros. Again, we're eliminating any chemical shitstorm essentially, right? So this would be industrialized oils that we're educating you on avoiding. We're removing all of those non-caloric sweeteners. We're removing anything that has an inflammatory ingredient like gluten or corn fiber, which can be added to adjust net carbs in a lot of products. Um, And then we have a emphasis with our protein choice, as I started to talk about, of getting variety so you have more of this snout to tail approach. So you're getting that glycine, which further supports relaxation in the neuromuscular system. And that's coming from bone broth. That's coming from your bone and skin on cuts of proteins. And um, we're not just eating meat patties at a fast food Mm drive-thru to make ketones, um, which, you know, would not be in the food as medicine realm. Yes. And so all of that is to say to those friends out there who are like, I tried keto, but you did the dirty keto or you did the keto that you found 
when you Googled keto, yeah, this is so different and it's going to be so multifaceted in terms of the benefits on, you know, changing the way that your entire household eats and changing the way that you think about food and that lasts a lifetime. So Yes. Anyway, <laughs> and tons of herbs and seasonings and yes. spices. Um, so adding antioxidant and yes. adding flavor boost, and that allows then the whole gamut of different approaches of ethnic foods and et cetera. I mean, there's so much variety that we offer, and all of them with these food as medicine emphasis. So you know, we're talking about ginger and turmeric when we're talking about inflammation, or we're talking about uh, different nutrients or food choices that support gallbladder if you have gallbladder sludge or stagnation. And so we're looking at bitters. We're looking at bringing in radicchio and endive and we're looking at dandelion tea um, or doing an apple cider vinegar shooter there is so much food as medicine layered in mm-hmm. that it's it's hard to even try to cover because each class is going to layer more ahas okay i can add this to this week and you just keep growing on this continuum before all you know it these are established staples and routines and you're all of a sudden like habit stacking all of yes. this food as medicine yes so we give you at least two to three goals per class of food as medicine we start off simple like you know focus on your hydration figure out how to get those leafy greens in and figure out what your fat fueled or fasting beverage is going to be. But then as we progress through the weeks of Mm -hmm. our program, we're adding two to three more each week. So by the time you come out, that's, you know, you're happening. You're happening. You got your like bone broth. Eight, 18 you plus habits that you have yes. added in, which is amazing. No doubt. No doubt. Um, okay. So let's talk ketone production okay. a little bit here. Um, so, you know, when we're talking cognitive function, mood stability, metabolic boost, prevention of dementia, and especially those neurological conditions, you may have a different goal of how deep into ketosis you want to get and whether you want to stay there all the time or whether you cycle in and out for optimal health. Um, But what are, would you say, like the first three priorities of just getting fat adapted and making sure you're making ketones? Yeah. So, I mean, the first one is understanding what a carbohydrate is Mm -hmm. (laughs) and making sure that you're able to reduce carbohydrates so that the body has to get thrifty and discover or manufacture via the liver ketone bodies. Um, And so the number one thing is carb control. And we start off everyone at 30 grams total per day because, again, we don't know where individuals' metabolic handicap may lie, how much insulin resistance they have, and we really lock them into that hard 30 grams of carb restriction for the first four weeks before we start to explore. So that would be the first priority. I would say the second priority for getting fat adapted is to play with fasting and figure out what your best fasting threshold is. So for some individuals, this means that they might start with a fat-fueled fast um, because then right off the day, they're teaching their body, we want to use fat as fuel. And after the first week of doing that, if an individual has more than 30 pounds of weight to lose, we might shift them into bone broth instead. So they're actually getting amino acids and protein and electrolytes because now they're able to tap into the deep freezer or the reserves of fat on their body because their body's producing ketones. And so now you're just switching the fuel source from some something exogenous or something consumed in the diet to the fuel source of something you're holding within your body, an endogenous production. Um, And so, you know, we're getting endogenous production regardless, but does it come from what we've consumed or does it come from our stores Mm -hmm. really is the point there. Um, And so I think that's the second priority is figuring out um, if we need to consume fat to teach the body to use fat as fuel, or if once we've 
created ketone production, how to adjust that fat lever. And that's something we provide a lot of guidance on. Um, and the third priority, I would say, to getting fat adapted or making ketones is supporting your stress levels. And, mm. and this might sound like a total wild card, um, but you know, with my book, The Anti-Anxiety Diet, I focus a lot on fight or flight response and the influence of stress on metabolic health. And we do an entire class plus on the HPA access. And I see that as a huge limiting factor. If an individual is having high cortisol levels, uh, you know, cortisol is a glucocorticoid and cortisol itself will spill glucose or drive glucose liberation in the bloodstream. And that in itself can kick you out of ketosis. Um, and so we really focus in on lifestyle support, management of stress, uh, quality of sleep, and then supplement support with our Relax and Regulate or Calm and Clear. And we help you understand if cost prohibitive and can only get one or two formulas, what's your best start. Um, but that's really where we see the turnkey in a lot of resistance. Yes. And I would say that leads into my next question of those that aren't making ketones. I do think stress is like a huge limiting factor there. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes we see just by bringing in the relax and regulate, as you mentioned, and maybe calm and clear, mm -hmm. um, they see their ketones go up. But let's explore maybe a few more areas, if you will, to troubleshoot if you're not making ketones. Yeah. So connected to stress will be the first one, which is DHEA levels. And when we look at DHEA, this is made in the adrenal gland. And um, this needs to convert to 7-keto DHEA in the production of ketones. So for individuals that have low DHEA or adrenal insufficiency, um, we need to potentially supplement them with this DHEA compound so that they can get that squeaky wheel turning or put that ingredient in the wheel, if you will, so that they can actually manufacture ketones. And we include DHEA as an assessment in our advanced metabolic profile. Um, that also does a thyroid assessment, which is a deep dive, which includes antibodies and um, active thyroid and reverse T3, um, which further tells us a little bit of that stress story. Um, in the advanced metabolic panel, we also look at vitamin D status, and we also look at, um, there's an A1C in there as well, and um, I think also a fasting insulin level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. I think you, I think you nailed I think those it. Those are the big ones. Yep. Good. <laughs> Good memory. <laughs> when I put that panel together. Yep. yep. But so DHEA. So if you are someone that's under high stress, you can get your DHEA sulfate run in mm -hmm. the blood. And if this is insufficient, you absolutely will need to get that online. And when we see that with clients, we might say, stay in a phase 1.5 until you've supplemented with DHEA for two weeks, and then go ahead and go type into that 30 gram of carb restriction, that phase one. Because if you don't have the juice in the tank to make the product, you don't want to be feeling like you're running on fuels. And that's why maybe potentially past keto hasn't worked for you. Sure. Or you had the worst keto flu of anyone you've ever talked yeah. to about it. You know, mm -hmm. that can be certainly a sign. Um, and then I think liver stagnation is yes. a really big one too. And this is where, you know, we might bring in some detox support and all mm -hmm. of a sudden ketones go up. So let's talk about why that is. Yeah. So your liver is actually the organ that we think of the pancreas as the primary organ of blood sugar stability because the pancreas makes the signaling hormones. So your pancreas makes your insulin and your glucagon. So insulin is released from the pancreas in the presence of glucose in the blood or blood sugar elevation. And the insulin brings the blood sugar into the cells, 
when our cells are filled, excess glucose gets stored as fat and insulin is anabolic and it's going to pack on those pounds. But glucagon is the hormone in the pancreas that is released when our glucose levels are low and would then stimulate or turn on the liver to go through gluconeogenesis and produce sugar. Um, what's interesting also though is the liver doesn't just produce sugar, the liver also produces ketones, right? Um, and so if you're someone that has elevated elevated glucose levels in a fasted state, um, that could be a sign that your liver is dumping sugar while you sleep. Um, or you could have that dawn phenomenon of the cortisol peak, and that's what's creating the glucocorticoid response. But when we look at the liver, um, this is really an area where, especially if we see ALT or AST liver enzymes elevated in a comprehensive metabolic panel, or we know the individual is a, a alcohol, um, heavy alcohol consumption, or has other markers of toxicity in their workplace potentially. Um, you know, we have anesthesia, anesthesiologists, right, which are exposed to chemicals in their field of work. We have estheticians, et cetera. Um, supporting your liver detox pathways means that your liver overall functions better. And that means that in a state of carb restriction, once you actually wring out your glycogen stores and the body is thrifty and making ketones, the liver has more functionality to produce those ketones. And so you're actually making ketones when you love on your liver. And that's where Becky said the detox packs can be huge for these individuals and um, maybe even also layering in the Brocco detox. Mm -hmm. Or doing an apple cider vinegar shooter mm -hmm. first thing in the morning, I think is huge. The bitters that you mentioned yes. previously. Um, and all of this comes to light, you know, as we're going through and, and working with individuals and troubleshooting why the heck they're not making ketones. Like I was just working with a client who she's a health coach herself and she's mm -hmm. like, I should be able to figure this out. And I keep, she keeps dropping her carbs lower, lower, lower going carnivore and, um, through exploration, she's dealing with mold in her home. And yeah. I'm like, well, your liver is taxed to the max right now. Mm -hmm. And so actually we're not going to stress you out by adding, you know, this tight, tight keto. We're going to mm -hmm. liberate you love on your liver, you know, get through a six week mold protocol. And then we can go back and reassess whether, you know, tight ketosis is appropriate for you or not. Mm -hmm. And again, even participating in our program, you could get that level of support. Totally. And again, if you're a listener of the podcast and it's like every time you listen, you're like, well, I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to do that. <laughs> and you're not sure who's on first, who's on second. This is a really great way to, again, streamline and really get that individualized. This is my Achilles heel. And this is the action plan to address that weak point. Yes. Um, and that yields us to our third reason for why you're not making ketones. And, and this will kind of be the, the last big one which is carnitine deficiency, which is honestly all too common mm -hmm. and I don't think discussed enough. Um, and so carnitine is an amino acid that aids in the mitochondrial um, use of fat as fuel. And it actually is going to play a role in ketone productivity. Um, individuals that have been lower carbohydrate potentially or individuals that maybe don't eat enough red meat in the diet um, and may have otherwise other genetic abnormalities can run low in carnitine. And if we do not have carnitine, that is going to play a big role in our ability to use fat as fuel or to actually produce those ketone bodies. Um, so this is huge. And this is where we um, used to use boost and burn 
as the L-carnitine supplement. Um, and Boost and Burn was a syrup. We phased that out of the Naturally Nourished supplement line in the, I think, November month uh, last year because we had been working on coming out with an alternate product that was uh, not a syrup, so a convenient capsule option, um, because that syrup was really hard uh, to palate for many. Um, carnitine itself has quite an interesting flavor profile, and to get two grams, uh, which is really an effective high dosage, it is difficult. You'll look at like Douglas Labs was one of the companies we looked at, for instance, of their L-carnitine supplements, and it took you know 10 pills mm-hmm. to get a teaspoon of our Boost and Burn. Um, with our carnitine complex, which is a capsule form, we've actually gone the next level and combined a different form. So beyond having that L-carnitine source, we also have an acetylated form, and it's in a four-to-one ratio. And this is to further enhance the fatty acid metabolism and metabolic health, but the acetylcarnitine um, plays a big role in its ability to cross the mitochondrial membrane to support that energy production and it has been shown in more enhanced studies for dementia, Alzheimer's, and cognition. Um, so we're getting both that primary L-carnitine, and then we're also getting the acetyl L-carnitine per capsule. And it is four uh, capsules to get that total two grams per day. Um, and you're getting so you're getting 500 milligrams total of L- of carnitine in that combination of 400 L-carnitine, 100 acetyl L-carnitine. Per capsule. Yes. So 500 milligrams per capsule, five times four is 2,000. That's where you're getting that two gram ratio, which is four capsules, which is the most potency that we've been able to see in a capsule. Sure. And also really excited to bring that duality of both the acetylated and um, the L form. Totally. And much more pleasant. We're like, if we can't take boost and burn consistently yes. um, because of that, you know, we had to put stevie in it to mask the, um, to mask the carnitine kind of fishy flavor. And that's against all our our ethos, but it was like, you know, gets us the delivery of this product. And so we're, we're really excited to have something more palatable and I would rather take four capsules all day. All day. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So some really cool, uh, research that we see on carnitine in general, and then also, you know, specific to the acetyl molecule. Um, but big picture again, carnitine plays a role in the transportation of, um, cell organelles into the mitochondrial matrix for beta oxidation. And um, it shuttles conversion of long chain fatty acids into um, acetyl coenzyme A and then into acetyl carnitines, which can cross into the mitochondrial membrane. And this is where we can see enhanced ketone productivity occur. Um, The carnitine shuttle, which is this fat shuttle of metabolism, um, thinking way back, like Krebs cycle and carnitine Mm -hmm. shuttle. Um, You know, the carnitine shuttle not only optimizes this beta oxidation process, but it also prevents the accumulation of fat buildup that can cause damage or beta oxidation that can contribute to the accumulation of fatty acids in hepatocytes or liver cells. Um, So we see tons of literature with carnitine supplementation on fatty liver. And again, in that idea of that enhanced lipolysis that I talked about before. So that's fatty accumulation around any organ truly, or just fatty accumulation or fat stores Mm -hmm. on the body. Um, And then we talked in an episode that we'll link in today's um, show notes 
all about carnitine in a nerdy deep profile, really focusing a lot on its cardiovascular benefits. And there is remarkable studies that we've seen on um, individuals that have heart disease and the influence of that two gram is kind of that magic number, that four capsules a day to support reduction of triglycerides, regulating LDL density and oxidative stress in the body, um, and actually helping with the muscular function of the heart itself, especially if weakened with a form of myocarditis potentially, or again, any form of heart failure, really essential uh, focus. And you can get some results from our carnitine complex at two capsules a day as like a baseline. But if you do have known heart disease, we definitely recommend that four. Or if you're not producing ketones, go ahead and level up. Yep. I think that's worth noting for sure. Yeah. Really remarkable research in terms of intervention. Like after someone's had a heart attack, the sooner you get carnitine in them, the better their outcomes are. Heart failure, so much more, but good for anyone on a, a daily basis who's looking to achieve, you know, ketone production and support all of the other metabolic impacts that you mentioned. Absolutely. And you'll see on the product page for Carnitine Complex, remember all of our products have a accordion drop down with um, beyond the information of how to take, which empowers you with that sliding scale of, you know, one to two twice daily. Um, there's also going to be a benefits and a research tab. So we have many double-blind, randomized, uh, controlled trials using that magic amount of that 2,000 milligrams or 2 grams a day and seeing favorable outcomes on lipid metabolism, reduced body weight, reduced body fat, liver enzyme reduction, GGT regulation, and so much more. All right. So I think we've done it? Yeah. What do you think? I I think so. (laughs) So hopefully from today's episode, you feel empowered with the idea that keto is not a fad diet, that it is a way to really provide your body access to this metabolic fuel that your body was designed as a hybrid to be able to tap into. And that when you are making ketones, that it doesn't have to be a rigid uh, approach. It can be from light to moderate based on your season. And we can really empower you with our program to teach you what the dials are, um, how to know what you're looking at on your plate and how to really transcribe that into action and sustainable results. So we hope that you've learned a couple things. If you are someone that loves nutritional ketosis or has done our program and you feel like a coworker or friend needs to know, sharing is caring. So go ahead and share them a link to our 12-week program or maybe to this episode. And again, we are going into week two of our 12 weeks together. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and grab your spot in the January live if you would like to also join in on these amazing benefits and learn how to trouble shoot your approach to a food as medicine keto thank you for listening to the naturally nourished podcast visit our blog at allymillerrd.com for recipes wellness tips and food as medicine meal plans connect with Allie and becky at allymillerrd on instagram twitter and facebook until next time stay nourished and be well